is going on everybody my name is gabe and i'm matt welcome back to another episode of the tentacle pop podcast and uh today we're gonna be uh, going over something little i feel like spoopy is the right word spoopy is a good way spoopy, to describe spoopy is it a great yeah. word matt why don't you go ahead and introduce us what we're absolutely talking about. so we're gonna be talking about ghost and their new release titled impera which was released on march 11th of 2022 through um, and the only source that I've found so far is uh, Loma Vista as the label associated. Yeah, they're, I forget exactly how it works with them, but they're kind of like a, uh, they're a distribution, or sorry, it's distributed by like Concord. Loma okay. Vista is, they're like a, uh, a European label, if I'm not mistaken, because these guys are Swedish. Okay, yeah, no, and that makes sense. Um, and the band members is Tobias Forge. The band members is. <laughs> yes, the band member. Uh, Tobias Forge uh, as Papa Emeritus IV, and then a group of nameless ghouls. Um, and that's kind of been just ghosts, really, how the membership's kind of laid out for really as long as they've existed. Correct, yeah. Everything is kind of like the brainchild of Tobias Forge. He has the um, the nameless ghouls that kind of like tour around with him mm -hmm. and are like part of promos and part of the theatrical aspect of it. But um, otherwise, yeah, it is uh, it is just Tobias Forge yeah. as Papa Emeritus. Papa Emeritus. That's such a sick name. Yeah. Uh, but without just, you know, kind of dilly-dallying, let's jump into the first impressions. Um, Gabe, why don't you hit me with it? So when the singles first came out for this album, I was very skeptical um, mm -hmm. just because I, I wasn't really sure kind of the direction. It felt like they were kind of lacking in a bit, especially just with how much I loved Prequel. Yeah, which was their uh, their album that came out in 2018, I believe, and uh, I love that album dearly. It's one of my top albums of all time, mm -hmm. and I know that's gonna garner a lot of hate because people don't like the new version of Ghost, and quite frankly, <laughs> I love it, so I don't care. Um, that being said, when I started listening to this one and got all the way through with it, I was very pleased. Okay. I, uh, I I I did enjoy this album quite a bit. Yeah, and no, and like kind of as you were is, I was very skeptical with. Uh, coming into the record, the only single that I know for sure that I listened to before uh, was Call Me Little Sunshine, and I talked about it here on the podcast. I was not a fan of it. Yeah, I had heard Call Me Little Sunshine and Hunter's Moon. Mm -hmm. um, Hunter's Moon came out kind of like as a... I don't know that it was a single for this album at the time. It was like part of like a compilation yeah. album for like Halloween era time thingy. Yeah, and I think that I may have heard it in passing, but it wasn't like an act of like, oh... That's a ghost song. I'll go and listen, you know, actually pull it up. But it was just kind of like a natural kind of fall into it. Um, first listen through, I definitely felt less bad about the record. Uh, it had kind of, I guess, grown on me or at least the idea of the record. Mm -hmm. But it's, uh, you know, it wasn't my favorite thing. And we can just kind of jump into the musical impressions. But there's a lot of 70s and 80s era music kind of dripped into this. So you can hear it a lot in the instrumentals and especially in Tobias's vocals as Very well. Very much so, yeah. Like just the in the instrumentals, in the way the composition is, how mm -hmm. the 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 musical layout of the songs are. Like it, it's very much just influenced by those times and there will be several songs that i'll just point out like hey, this is this band, this mm -hmm. was this band. <laughs> yeah. No, and I I've got like one one song that refer that, that kind of does the exact same thing but i thought it was kind of a neat way to bring everything together but everything <laughs> the best description i heard of ghost is it's scooby-doo rock yeah and that's why i love it so much i love <laughs> scooby-doo as a kid <laughs> scooby-doo was fantastic 
Um, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with it as well. I, I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. There, there was obviously a lot of the, the bleed through from other stuff, but I also, outside of just like my normal rock and metal upbringing, like that was a lot of the stuff that I had listened to mm-hmm. as well, just because in growing up as like a budding musician, you're hammered home that the 80s were the greatest time of all for all music ever. Mm-hmm. Now, if you ask me that today, I'm going to tell you it's flat out not true. There's definitely a lot of things that were pioneered then, but by no means are a lot of those things that great. Right, right. That's a totally different discussion for a different day that we might get to down the road. Yes. Uh, that being said, I appreciate a lot of the elements that were implemented in here, and I feel like the way that they were implemented made me appreciate it more in the fact that it wasn't in an 80s song. Okay. No, and I can I can definitely respect that. Yeah, but there's a lot of really cool riffs that are in here, a lot of really cool lead lines, a lot of stuff that I want to learn myself just mm-hmm. because I enjoy the 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 melodic phrasing that they do yeah. with it. No, there there was definitely a lot of really cool touches and um one thing you really didn't touch on, but there was a couple of solos throughout the Yeah, there was um, definitely some solos and they the were mint. Yeah, th- th- there's been a few solos in the past. They started doing them in prequel and I think maybe once or twice before. Yeah, but um the ones in prequel were a lot of fun, like the dance macabre uh solo from prequel, one of my favorite solos to play. It's okay. just it's so much fun to play. Ooh, I'll have to t- definitely take a look at that one after this. Yeah. Let's jump into the lyrics, though. Yeah, so lyrically, this album is basically centered around the concept of the rising and falling of empires. And they use the term empires pretty loosely. Like, there's the correlations that are the empires, like the Egyptian Empire or the Roman Empire mm-hmm. or whatever it is, being that the, that has happened in the last 6,000 years or however many of, of like empirical kind of analysis that we have over the the human human race mm-hmm. um but then there's also like the empires of the mind and so like one of the songs has to do with the empire of a, an ego t- uh, of an egotist mm-hmm. and the things like that so they kind of use the term loosely but it's kind of a neat concept so like conceptually they had prequel which was really about i don't want to say about but it, it was Musically and lyrically taken from the concept of the bubonic plague back in the 1300s. Oh, wow. Okay. And so this one here was kind of the rising and falling of empires. So they kind of correlate. But when Tobias Forge was writing prequel, he got the idea from a book that he had seen in in a bookstore or something like that and decided that he was going to write two albums in this concept. <laughs> oh, that's kind of neat. No, that that's cool. Yeah, no, that was definitely what I was finding. Um, as you go into some of the actual like lyrics of the songs individually is kind of the the approach that they had done was kind of a neat little um you know a neat way that they did it um and i think we can definitely kind of talk about some of those as we go through the uh track by track breakdown yeah tobias forge gave an apple music interview so i'll be taking some information from that yeah uh, he didn't do about it every track but he got most of the key ones here nice uh, and then the last thing we like to do before we jump into the track by track is do a breakdown of the album art <clears throat> This is, it's kind of a chaotic art piece. Um, it's cool, though. I like it. It is, it is really cool. I definitely recommend looking at it. Yeah, so we have the uh, the ghost logo at the very top, which is kind of this very gothic font with the um, the kind of what appears to be uh, religious symbology. Like the, the T has the crescent moon that I believe is associated with, uh, with um, Islam. Yeah, that's... I could be wrong on that, but I believe it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
an up upside down cross to kind of showcase their occultness and like where they originally came from and just kind of this overall just like cool look to it. Uh, the center of the image is this very industrial looking uh, image of Papa Emeritus IV. And it looks to just like be made out of metal and partially under construction. Um, there's a missing eye. Honestly, yeah. it, it almost looks like if they tried to make Two-Face from the comics into Papa Emeritus. Like, you have the one side where it's, like, you know, the kind of pretty and, like, done-up face. And then the other side where it looks a lot more raw and just unfinished. And it looks like it's just in this giant factory. It reminds me it a lot of... It kind of looks like the inside of the... Uh, like, uh, if you're inside the Death Star looking out. <laughs> uh, it, it looks like that, but it also looks kind of like the hangar from uh, Pacific Rim. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. So, kind of a combination of the two. It, it's a really neat piece. A lot of a lot of gold in here, so it, it adds a little bit of. Um, I can't. I don't want to say texture, but it gives it gives there, it a there, nice there little bit of color. Definitely is a lot of texture. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but basically, it's just there. It's this giant statue of Pop Emeritus sitting up. Um, the face is center, and then he's got two fists up with the the back of the hand out, kind of near the face, almost like he's playing that weird quarter game in the bar where your elbows are on the table with the penning in your hand oh, and slapping yeah. it on the table. <laughs> the first thing I thought of was like, put up your dukes. That's also, yeah, you know what? That's probably a lot better of a cut. <laughs> uh, but without further ado, we'll go ahead and move into the track-by-track -track breakdown on this one. And uh, starting off, we, uh, we kick it off with Imperium, which is going to be an instrumental track, just kind of leading into the album. Yeah, and th there's not much to say. It's a pretty common uh, way to open up a record. Uh, but the th what thing I really want to shout out is the texture added by the electric guitars over the acoustic. Mm -hmm. um, it kind of comes in, I want to say, that between like the 20 and 35 second mark. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it just was a really nice flavor. Yeah, this is something that we saw them do on prequel as well. Mm -hmm. um, they had uh, Ashes, I think it was called. Okay. Which was, it, it didn't, they had the lyrics of um, Ring Around the Posy. Oh, that's cool. Which is, and it's sung by children, which just makes it terrifying. That, <laughs> but I mean, with that song, it, it's all about uh, the bubonic plague. Mm -hmm. uh, it's where the original nursery rhyme originated. Yeah, exactly. And it's got some really dark undertones that I don't really want to get into at the moment. But um, this one here negates really any lyrical content and just kind of goes for this kind of like, I don't want to say world building, but kind of just this tone setting. Yeah, aspect no, it. It, it definitely does that for sure. And following that's going to be Kaiserion. Um, and this is really where the 70, 70s and 80s eras of music really start to bleed through um, as opposed to the uh, opening song where it was just kind of all mellow. Um, and you can definitely hear it sprinkled into the vocals as well. Like right off the bat, you hear uh, Papa Emeritus go for just this giant mega whale. high note. Yeah, <laughs> um, um, yeah. The, this one here, I would say, kind of gave me the like Guns and Roses kind of vibes. I could see that. I um, could see that, especially kind of like Sweet Child of Mine, like kind of their their softer <laughs> stuff. Yeah, um, not so much like Welcome to the Jungle or things of that nature, yeah. but just like kind of your more mellow things that still showcase. Axel Rose's voice yep. and slash on guitar. Like the guitar line in this one is super cool. <laughs> yeah. It, it's a super poppy upbeat song, which is kind of weird. I, yeah. I wasn't expecting that when I was going into it. No, not, not at all. Um, I will say that it, the song was really catchy. So it's definitely a smart move to be used as the quote, uh, uh opener of the album. Yeah. I think it was single number three as well. It, it released shortly before the album released. Uh, single number three was twenties. Single number four, then. Yeah, because <laughs> it, it, it released shortly before yeah, the album. Yeah, okay. Released. 
perfect. Um, but I, I did forget that, so thank you for correcting yeah, me. Yeah, no, you're good. Yeah, um, lyrically, this one's... Um, it's deep. I didn't go as deep into it as I'd like, but basically, Caesarion is the uh, Germanic uh, spelling of Caesarium, where Hypatia was stoned to death, Hypatia. Um, there, there's a lot of historical analysis in this song that I did not get into at all. <laughs> I feel like that would be just kind of like what we did for the Sabaton album is like, we just kind of have to just spend a lot of time, just have a whole episode just specifically to the lyrical content of uh, basically. Yeah. Th th this one's deep. Basically it kind of goes hand in hand with like the fall of the Egyptian empire, according to uh, the, uh, the genius analysis. Um, Tobias Forge says in his Apple Music interview, quote, this story, the, the story this song tells or the perspective it shines light onto is basically stupid people destroying something they don't understand with a frantic smile on their face. This happened many times and unfortunately will happen many times in the future because unfortunately things that we don't understand or that we cannot control have a tendency to arouse those feelings. We want to kill it. We want to destroy it. Mm -hmm. And um, as I was reading some more of the uh, analysis on this song, um, it calls back to Hypatia a lot which she was one of the only female like astronomers in that time and like was pretty groundbreaking in her things but mm -hmm. she was ruthlessly murdered because of the the things that she was uh brought up um I don't know where this quote is from, but it, it says, quote, Hypatia was brut brutally murdered by a mob of Christian fanatics. They pulled her from her carriage on a street in Alexandria, dragged her to a church, stripped her naked, beat her to death, and or flayed her, tore off her limbs, and burned her remains. Yikes. Because she did math and astronomy. Yeah. So I, th that's kind of like what the, the centralized theme of this song is, is just mm -hmm. we tend to hate what we don't understand, and that that's been evident throughout history yeah i mean we look at galileo when he talked about how the how the earth revolved around the mm -hmm. sun and he was in prison in copernicus like all these guys yeah. like it's just i don't understand it it's it <laughs> it, it was a it was a completely different time it was just people that just the information wasn't there and yeah no that's that's another can of worms that yeah. we could get into. Uh, jumping into the next song is Spillways. I love this song. Really? This song is super catchy. Um, it's it's very 80s. Um, yeah, I, I just, it's super catchy. It was like one of the first ones that were like really caught my attention. I was like, yo, I like this. <laughs> yeah. This one, it's definitely got the good catchy chorus, uh, which is always a good thing. Uh, but the keys that were mixed in added uh, definitely a lot of really good texture. Um, I thought that song was fine. It felt a little bit bland, even with the keys. And it's just a song I would really feel bad about skipping over. It was just kind of meh. I disagree with you on that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and that's completely fair. This one here gave me vibes of like uh, Runaway by Bon Jovi. Okay. So just kind of like that, ooh, she's a little runaway, and like kind of going to like those like piano breaks yeah. and stuff like that that it has. So this one, like obviously it's very different melodically, but mm -hmm. just like the way that it was mixed, the verses especially gave, gave me that, that vibe oh, yeah. to it. No, for sure. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I do really like this song. It's Tobias has this way of writing these catchy choruses. I mean, it just throughout all of ghost history and like mm -hmm. all of their courses are super catchy and he has this very I, I guess the best word is fitting voice for it oh yeah his voice fits 
very, very well like, for what they're doing. His voice is like, kind of like this very weird, almost, I, I don't want to say high-pitched, but very mm-hmm. high-frequencied yeah. kind of feel to it. It And it has like this flat but very smooth tone to it. Mm-hmm. It, it. It's very interesting. If you haven't listened to Ghost before, I do rarely recommend checking them out. They're they're a very interesting band. They're extremely interesting. I can agree with that. Um, one other thing that I want to note here uh, is the... Uh, the Apple Music interview that he had for it, he says, quote, In Kaiserian, we have the en masse, frenetic, frantic buzz of being in the gr- in a group. In Spillways, we have a very internalized pressure that builds up to the next song, which is a distant call that ends up being a voice in your head. The insulated person who's being communicated with from a higher power. That's loosely how we move geographically between these three songs. If the leads remind you of Brian May, that's because I like stacking solos and adding harmonies, which automatically puts you in Brian May territory, which is very correct. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to remember. Brian May is... Queen. Thank you. Uh, From there, we go into Call Me Little Sunshine. And uh, Matt, I know that you said you didn't really like this one when it first came out. Uh, Did you have any changes on uh, your feelings with this? I did, yes. I don't love it, but I've definitely warmed up to the song. Uh, The chorus is extremely simple, yet very, very hooky. Um, It's not not as bad of a track as I had originally thought. Um, so definitely a little bit more in a positive direction, but it's not, this definitely isn't my favorite one here on the album. It's definitely not my favorite, but like, like you said there, like it really grew on me mm-hmm. a lot as well. Uh, when I first heard it, this was like the one where I was like, I'm really kind of concerned about this yeah. album. And the more and more I listened to it, the more and more I liked it. Um, it's like you said, it's definitely not my favorite on the album, but it just has this really cool element to it. Yeah, it's. It's not even a roller like there. It's not a roller coaster of like jumping around a lot. It's got kind of a a very similar tempo and just kind of vibe throughout the I, whole song. Yeah, I would equate it to like um and not so much in the style, but kind of just like the feeling of like your slower and darker like Tom Waits and Johnny Cash. Yeah. So it, obviously it's not a country song whatsoever, but just kind of this very low brooding, slow kind of moving yeah, thing. Definitely um, agree with that. The riff on it is it's super simple, but it's really catchy. And yeah, it, it's so when I, when I say Johnny Cash, it don't come at my throat here. <laughs> um, it's just it's kind of like that uh like hurt comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Like the way that hurt is just just very slow. It's not even a well-written song. Um, and that that's not Johnny Cash's fault. It's Trent Reznor's fault. It, it, it's an okay song at best, mm-hmm. but Johnny Cash took it and turned it into what it is. Yeah. And so it just kind of has like that same kind of feeling to me where it's just kind of like this very dark, very slow brooding. Uh, and uh, Tobias Forge uh, puts it akin to Cerise, which is like one of their old, most popular uh, songs. Okay. Kind of one of the ones that really put him out in the spotlight. Before uh, I think it was like 2013 that it came out. I could oh, be geez. I could be wrong. It, yeah, it that's be, been a hot minute. Then yeah. it's been a, a long time. Um, yeah. Following that is Hunter's Moon, which was the first single for the record. Um, and then Call Me Little Sunshine was single number two. Yeah. Um, I think yeah, it, Hunter's Moon. I'm pretty sure you were correct. It was with uh, like a, a compilation album. It was the Halloween Kills soundtrack. Thank you. Um, yeah, I thought it, it had come out around Halloween. Um, so 
again, the, because it's been out for a while, there's a possibility I heard the single at some point before the record release and just never really realized or paid enough attention that it would end up being on this record. It's definitely on the heavier side compared to the last few tracks, being more hard rock as opposed to like just... <laughs> Bless you. Bless Excuse you. me. Um, as a more... <laughs> Um, as a more kind of just like the radio rock that we had kind of seen throughout this point, guitar and drums are definitely the favorite parts on this track without a doubt. It's, it's definitely trying to lean into the spoopy and it feels, this feels a lot more like what I was, what I'm familiar with for ghost, mm -hmm. uh, which is like probably my, of the few songs that I've listened to of by the band, Squared Hammer is probably my favorite. So like just to give enough. you an idea of like what my kind of background is of it. But this felt the most like w what I'm familiar with um, on, on this album. For sure. Yeah, it's um, it's definitely a lot more akin to that. It's a it's a cool song. Um, mm -hmm. It's kind of one of those where it, 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 when it first came out, you're just like, yeah, this is fine. But it, I felt like it was kind of pigeonholed by Halloween Kills. Yeah. Uh, just because it was really just... There, there, there's several references in the song that really tie into the movie. So, mm -hmm. for me personally, I hate horror movies, I hate scary movies, anything of that nature. Not for me. So, I've never seen any of the Halloween movies because I can't mentally handle it, and I'm okay with admitting <laughs> that at this point. <laughs> no, but um, yeah, I, I feel like it just kind of was overshadowed a little bit by that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, overall, definitely. I like it though. Like the the lead line is really cool. Oh, the lead line's fantastic. Yeah, no, like thinking about it now is it definitely feels out of place on the record just compared to everything else in regards to the theme yeah um as where this one's just like spooky time yeah it, it's a good song i just don't know that it really fits into the element of what what it's all putting down yeah no for sure um yeah the the thing that tobias forge equates it to it's like he says uh, quote if call me little sunshine is a voice inside the head of someone that's actually coming from outside hunter's moon is the inside empire of the brain of a maniac um, and then he quotes himself, I'm coming to get you because you belong to me. Can't you see I'm doing this as an act of love? And in that quote, uh, it's absolutely illogical, but if you place yourself inside the head of a maniac, it makes sense. It's burning love. Honka, honka, burning love. I hate you so much. <laughs> I can't say that it didn't come to my mind, though, too. <laughs> um, yeah, so we'll, let's move forward. Yeah. Um, we go to a Watcher in the Sky. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep my, my thoughts short. I dreaded this song the first listen through, so I'll just be skipping it forever. This song, I ended up listening to it, and it just felt like it just went on and went on and went on. And I just, it, it irritated me. And I don't know what it is about the song, but so much of it just irritated me. I think I've listened to the song maybe a total of twice, and I just... I just rather skip it. It's just kind of one of those songs for me. Yeah, I'm 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 there with you. It is an extremely repetitive song, and it does bore me quite a bit. Mm -hmm. um, I don't really have much else to say on this one here. It, I'm, it's one of the songs I'm with you on on this record. It's just, it's not for me. It's not that. Yeah. Uh, following that is going to be Dominion, which is another instrumental interlude type. But we def we get as opposed to guitars, we actually get horns, mm -hmm. um, and it definitely you can feel the hype being built up for the next song. Yeah, um, for this one, Tobias told Metal Hammer about the song that it's a segue where we go outside the city to this vast landscape, meadows, and all that. Uh, so you see another part of the empire. It's meant to sound majestic, like some of those space movies, like Dune. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but yeah, then we go into 20s, which this one also has a really cool riff to it. It's kind of definitely falls more uh, on the dark side of yeah. things, which you didn't get a lot of from this album. You didn't get a lot of the dark, uh, like with exception of um, Hunter's, or not, sorry, not Hunter's Moon, um, Call Me Little Sunshine. Yeah. Um, this one and, and Call Me Little Sunshine are very much the dark songs on the album, mm -hmm. whereas prequel we had a little bit of darkness and then obviously prior to that they were a lot more darker yeah with their stuff um this one here is kind of really talking about the um like the actual like empire of the 20s society of like 20s of america mm -hmm. how we had like this giant economic boom and, and stuff like that um it's like the chorus here in the 20s we'll be singing in a rain of pennies in the 20s we'll be soaring in the disguise of bevies uh, bevies is a uh, Oxford dictionary defined as a large group of people or things of a particular kind. It's an old school world mm -hmm. or old school word. Um, but then it continues in the 20s, we'll be smooching at the feet of Derula, which is a. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. Uh, it's a polite way of saying, uh, quote, kissing ass. Uh, it's a crude phrase that really just means unconditional worship or suck up to authority. Okay. Um, so it, it suggests that people are growing to a cult-like sentiment while they're practice, practically worship any authority. And uh, so one can assume that this is possibly talking about Trump. Uh, that's yeah? Just based off of what I'm reading here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then it finishes, uh, in the 20s we'll be grinding in a pile of moolah. Um, which I don't like that line just because I hate the word moolah. Yeah. <laughs> but um, like it, it fits with the, the rest of the, the theme. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. Yeah, this one, um, the, the hype definitely builds right into this. And it's, it's kind of a roller coaster because we, we get a lot of different elements. We start off with, with what's undoubtedly the heaviest instrumental of the record before cutting into a verse that cuts down quite a bit. Tempo slows down a lot, and really the instruments seem to take a back seat. Um, quick shout out to the solo here that's super neat, uh, which might actually be fa my favorite part of the song. And weirdly enough, overall, the song, it kind of bothers me, but it's not enough to skip. But it could potentially still be still be a skip because I you know there's a p possibility that I'd like to get to some of the other songs. I, it, it's a really weird kind of like love hate relationship that I have with this one. I like this one fairly well. Um, mm -hmm. I, I feel like the instrumentals really take it for me, and then I don't know the lyrical phrasing is a little interesting for me. I think I think that's. That, that, that's that might the part be that, what it is that yeah. bothers me, um, but at the same time, is it's like the phrasing's unique enough that it almost makes me want more of it. it, it it's a again, it's just a really love hate relationship that I have with the song. Yeah. Uh, from there, we move on to "Darkness at the Heart of My Love," which is track number nine on this one here, and the uh, second to last real track that we have. Um, I'll be honest, I like the song a lot. This is my favorite song of the record. Really? Yeah. Okay. It's so it's just power ballad vibes for days. Um, it's there's something about the simplicity of it. It's just really catchy. I, I feel like everything about the song is just pleasant. Yeah, it, it is an extremely pleasant, catchy song. It's mm -hmm. I would argue the most marketable to like anyone on i the could record. i could see that um not saying that's a bad thing by any means also um i i realized i made a mistake there this is the third to last real track mm -hmm. that we have on the album so that was my bad no, you're um good. yeah th this one here it's it's very soft very mellow 
and just kind of have this overall pleasant realm about it. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, I, I really don't have anything bad to say about this al this song. No, absolutely. Uh, the following song is called Griftwood. And I'll just start this off because I don't have too much to say about it. I was never really a Kiss fan, but I seem I felt like I was getting a lot of Kiss vibes on this song. So I understand where you're coming from. Mm. I felt like it was like a little bit more akin to like Survivor. Okay. Um. So, but not a bad track overall. Um. I thought it would. I thought it was a decent one. It's probably one of the better songs on the album, at least in my opinion, or at least kind of top half of the album. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Lyrically, this one here is um, about uh, fake preachers that used religion as a way to get richer. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you know me in real life and or just I don't think I've mentioned it too much on the podcast. That's one of my least favorite things. If I could hit those people like Joel Olstein with the truck, I would. Um, Understandably yeah, so. Yeah, we're not we're not going to get into that, though, because that's, again, a different podcast. But <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I really like this song as well. It's just it's another really fun one. Yeah, no, I can agree with that. Yeah. I don't really have much else to say on this. No, one. yeah, neither do I. Um, from there. uh I'm sorry. There, there was actually one other thing that I, I also found kind of some like Van Halen vibes with this one too. You know what? I definitely saw that in the beginning. It yeah. reminded me, um, at, not really in the tone or the like, especially the effects, but the kind of the enunciation of the riff reminded yeah. me a lot of "Ain't Talking About Love" by Van Halen. I think I think was the song that first okay. came to mind. Fair enough. Uh, from there, we have Bite of Passage, which is um, another really short instrumental. Um, I, this one's no longer than like 20 seconds or something like that. It's I think I think it clocks in about 30 seconds. And honestly, I'm mad that there's not more to this song because right? it's my favorite song name <laughs> on the record. It's just such a good, good pun. Yeah, like I feel like at this point, like they just need to redo Bite of Passage for a, uh, a werewolf themed album or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, it leads immediately into the last track, Respite on the Spittlefields. It's a... Not sure what the name's about. But, I have no idea. Um, <laughs> this is definitely the longest song of the record. Um, and I, I want to say it clocks in about six and a half minutes, or it's like six minutes, 45 seconds, somewhere kind of in that ballpark. And it just felt like it never really got there we get the like kind of solo at about the two minute mark so it peaks and then it's just the kind of the last four minutes of the song they're kind of like that back half really just it felt like they they built up to something and then they just kind of just let it fall away and that, i think that really disappointed me the most especially for an album closer it, yeah. it just was a letdown is really the um yeah i definitely understand that um reading the kerrang interview that he did um i'm upset that this song wasn't cooler because the oh, the no. concept is so cool yeah um so tobias told kerrang quote jack the ripper did the people of spittlefields so i believe spittlefields is a uh a subdivision of uh white chapel okay. where jack the ripper primarily yeah, operated yeah. which was a really low income dirty filthy area mm -hmm. of uh, london yeah uh, so Jack the Ripper did the people of Spitalfields in that part of London an enormous disfavor because he was never caught. 
which meant that even though he had technically stopped killing at some point, they were never sure that he was not going to do it again. So for a long time after, there must have been fear, especially among women, that, that it could happen again because you don't know where he is. You don't know where he's hiding. You don't know what happened. Yeah. And that's so cool. Like, they should have done more. <laughs> yeah, no, it, like, it, with, with that being the theme is there's the so much possibility that you could have done. It's just... I feel, again, like the song just, and maybe what it is, it was, they were, the song was trying to be kind of a slow burn to almost show that, like, long, you know, the fear that for a long time that people were unsure if he was going to actually show up and do it again. Mm -hmm. So I, I feel like that makes sense for, for, from that perspective, but it still feels like the, the song was just missing something. Yeah, the the thing that I do really enjoy about the song is it does end with Imperium. Mm -hmm. So it kind of starts off the Empire at the beginning of the album and ends off the Empire with the end of that track yeah. at the beginning. So I thought that that was a really cool touch to it. It's not the first time I've ever seen something like that, mm -hmm. but I'm just like, I, I really appreciate it when they can really bookend them like that. Yeah. Because uh, we, we've talked about the, that in the past, like how you bookend an album really yeah, uh, really will set the tone for how it kind of finishes off. And while unfortunately this one wasn't an amazing one, it still wasn't terrible by any means. It just didn't feel like it ever got there. Yeah, no, for sure. And that's going to do it for the track-by-track -track breakdown of Impera by Ghost. And right now what we do is our tentacle rating, which we rate on a scale of 1 to 8 tentacles. And Gabe, I'm kind of curious to see where you land. So I wrestled with this one for quite a bit. Um, I'm At this point, I think I'm ready to go ahead and confirm that. I'm putting it at a 6. Okay. Um, I still really enjoyed a lot of aspects of the album. It managed to deliver the things that I loved about prequel mm -hmm. and continue to expand upon them. There's there's naturally just the, the normal catchiness that Tobias Forge is famous for at this point. Yeah. Um, we see the progression in talent and um, not inspiration, but just kind of the... Um, influence? Influence is there, but uh, I guess evolution. Okay. It will be the term that I'll use for it, but like the evolution in terms of the uh, intricacies that they use on their instruments. Because... Mm -hmm. uh, starting out first listening to ghosts like it was very simple stuff like it was good it just didn't have really like a lot to it in terms of like from a musician standpoint right right and as we continue to progress we continue to see more and more of that being added in here because this this album was more musically technical than prequel was and prequel yeah. is more musically technical than the previous one and i appreciate seeing that in them mm -hmm. and yeah, I, I really, there was, like we said, there, there was a few tracks that I'm not super hyped on, mm -hmm. but overall, like, I still really enjoy this album, and it's definitely one that I'll be returning to. Okay. So, I I wrestled a little bit, bet, um, kind of between a couple scores, but I think three is going to be where I settle on this Oof. one. Um, and it's, you know, it, it's not a knock to the talent of these guys at all. Like, there there's a lot of really, really cool stuff that's kind of bled through. Um, or at least put throughout the record, but it was like, you know, cool piece here, cool piece here. It's something that I would probably, if I know somebody's music taste and I kind of know that this would kind of be their, their speed, I definitely recommend it. Um, it's a hesitant return. Um, and if I do return, it's going to be like a, a handful of songs and, um, they probably like if I return to the record, it'll be there'll be a few tracks that end up getting skipped. And it, again, it's not a knock on the talent of these guys, as it's just 
It's just not my cup of tea, really. Fair enough. Um, also, I realized I never mentioned my favorite track on this one. Um, I've honestly, I gotta say, Spillways. Okay. It, it just it's something about that song just caught me so well. Hmm. That's interesting. Okay. Okay. So I disagree, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> so that's gonna do it today for our uh, track by track breakdown and just overall review of the new Ghost album, Impera. And uh, what we like to do from here is we like to go into our uh, hidden track where we like to talk about something unrelated to the album that we just discussed. And uh, Matt, what do you got for us today? So completely forgot this happened yesterday. <laughs> Era self-titled Deluxe Edition yep. dropped. Um, so it's got a few new tracks. It's got a couple covers on it. Um, I will 100% be jamming that as soon as I leave here. But... I'm excited. I have been hooked on Era since we did their um, you the break. Really dip. have <laughs> I really have? Oh my god! Um, so I'm really excited to hear all the stuff on that. Um, honestly, that's all I got right now. I just I personally haven't seen a whole lot of music come out my way, but I'm I'm definitely excited about this deluxe edition. So there was quite a few things um, that popped up for me. Uh, so I'm just going to kind of hit them all briefly. Uh, so Beartooth released a uh, special video edition of Below. So it had um, an alternate universe version of Skin. It had a th two bonus tracks on it. And then it also had a full live breakdown from their uh, set at the Journey Below. And then it also had a full video breakdown of it. That's which cool. Was pretty cool. It turns what was like a 49 minute album into a three hour and 27 minute album. <laughs> oh my God. Because it, it's the full, full album, the bonus tracks, the full live set, and then the full video of the live set. That's insane. <laughs> um, so I, I haven't gotten really a chance to check out the bonus tracks yet, but it is pretty cool. Um, I plan on checking that out. Uh, and Hell Followed With, which they're kind of like a, a death metal, death core kind of group. They, they've they returned. They released an album like in 2010 and haven't really done much since. But they came back with an EP, and it is stupid nasty. I Ooh. love it so much. Um, it's got some cool features on there, including like Kyle Medina, Body Snatcher. Fantastic album. Really recommend checking it out. Uh, Royal Blood released a new single called Honey Brains, which... It's Royal Blood. I don't really know that they can do anything wrong at this point for me, and uh, I really enjoyed that a lot. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be definitely be looking up that because, uh, okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then the uh, the last thing that I want to bring up is also on the same day that Impera released from Ghost, uh, Angel Maker released their album Sanctum, which. If you're a fan of deathcore and beatdown, Angel Maker is dummy thick, and it's a it, it's a solid album. It really is good. So I have a few things to listen to. Yes, yes, you do. <laughs> but that's going to be it for this episode of... I actually have one more Ooh, thing. What? So okay. next week, we're not doing an episode because we need to prep for our uh, new format that we're doing. Hey. And, uh, and so we're, we're going to be uh, we're gonna be doing some, some new stuff. So if you haven't heard uh, from our last episode, basically what we're going to be doing is we're going to be coming out with... Uh, a little less album reviews, and we're going to be doing a lot more band reviews. Mm -hmm. uh, so we're going to be able to go into a band, look at their discography, kind of determine who they are now versus what they came from, and be able to discuss more about the band instead of being just limited to a single album that they put out. So yeah. making a determination on the band from that album. And so I feel like this will allow us to kind of show more of our appreciation for them mm -hmm. uh, would be the best way. And so we'll be doing newer bands. We'll be doing legacy bands. We'll still be doing album reviews, but they'll be in a lot more um, 
uh, casual capacity. Yeah, so think like the uh, Sailor Special, the catch-up episode we did uh, like September, October-ish mm-hmm. of last year. Yeah, and the uh, the new format you can think of like when we did the Black Metal episode exactly. for Black Metal Friday. Um, so we're, we're going to be taking off a week to prep for that. And uh, we'll be coming back for our, what is our one-year anniversary, technically, for our one-year episode. And uh, we'll be kicking off our new format. And uh, should we we spoil what we're doing? Mm, I I think we can. Let's spoil what we're doing. Let's do it. We're going to be doing Guar. Yeah. Because it comes out on April 1st, and nothing is more of a joke than Guar. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's just too perfect in flavor. It it really is. But with that, we do appreciate you guys taking the time to listen to us. Matt, where can they find us? You can find us on Instagram, on TikTok, on YouTube, and on Facebook, all at Tentacobop. You can also find us on... I don't know how many different streaming services for podcasts. Basically all of them. If they're not on one that you want us to be on, just send us a message and I'll see if I can figure it out. Yeah, I'm sure we'd probably (laughs) be able to figure it out. But thank you guys so much for uh, listening. Please uh, also like, rate, and subscribe, and then leave comments on... You know what you guys what you guys think of the podcast um please don't just leave one star reviews and not say anything because that brings us a lot of uh, big you, sadness. you big meanie <laughs> you big meanie all right but guys we will see you later catch you in the next one